Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1989's Dead Poet Society, directed by Peter Weir and starring Robin Williams. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I rewatched Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you know, we've been nice. Yeah, exactly. We, we've been mentioning it so much on the show. Um, and I still love the movie. It's still a really cool movie. And I, I can't believe how well it's held up and how good, I, uh-huh. how good it still is. But there's one thing in the opening scene that I still can't stand. What it, is from it? From my first viewing until my 50th, just recently, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's Like a Virgin speech. I, I just wish it didn't exist. Ah, uh, well, uh, whatever. I mean, he truly sucks in this scene. And it, it's so qu- weird to me that all the worst dialogue in his movies come out of his mouth. Yeah, I'm I'm not such a big fan of his performances no. in his films. He's a like, bad he's just, actor. He doesn't need to be there. Never. He was good in From Dusk Till Dawn, but that's it. You know that's what? That, that that is probably his only decent acting performance. And mm-hmm. because he gets killed pretty early, mm-hmm. you, you're you're you know you get to like be left with George Clooney and Harvey Keitel. So I think that's okay. Hey, that's a trade up. I'll yeah, tell you that no much, doubt, dude. dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cool, Reservoir Dogs, uh-huh. awesome, my favorite Tarantino flick. Good. Mm-hmm. I watched this Japanese movie called House from 1977. Okay. It's a horror movie, and this movie is bonkers. Oh, wow. It is fucking bonkers, man. <laughs> it's like an, a crazy episode of Scooby-Doo, like directed by David Lynch or something. Holy I shit. don't know. Okay. Not Maybe not Lynch exactly, but it's about like a group of these Japanese schoolgirls that go to their... One girl's aunt's house in the country, yeah, and uh, the house consumes them, and like this <laughs> evil cat witch controls them, like controls the house. Okay, it's fucking crazy. It's got terrible music cues, terrible special effects. Uh, the characters are named after their character trait. Like one's called Gorgeous, one's called Kung Fu, <laughs> one's called Mac because she likes to eat. Like it oh, is, wow. this movie God. is so crazy, but somehow there's like a really strange charm to it. Like it is so cool. I I really loved it, man. House from 1977. Yeah, Houseu. Okay. okay, but yeah, I have it actually. Oh, so well, I just watched it finally. Wonderful. Um, I'll let you check it out. This is an amazingly bad, awesome, bad movie. That so House sounds perfect, dude. It's it's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> crazy. Um, so now. We need to know what the listeners have been watching out there. So go to our Facebook or our Twitter or email us dudesonmovies at gmail.com mm-hmm. and let us know what you've been watching. Yes. And did we we had someone say what they'd been watching on the yeah, page? Um, Erica from Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, she told us she'd been watching Rogue One and she had a shout out for Diego Luna and a special Ooh, sexy. shout out for, for Galen, you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, Diego Luna. Yeah. What, what a... God, what a charmer. What a hunk, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks for submitting that. And everyone else, let us know what you've been watching. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, let's talk about Dead Poets Society. Sure. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Yeah, um, so there's this uh, uh, boarding school, like a prep school in, in the 50s, in, uh, somewhere in New England. I believe it's Vermont. Um, and there is a, uh, a, an unconventional uh, literary teacher, uh, literature teacher, who tries to make a difference in his students' lives by teaching poetry in a less-than-traditional way. And it's the 1950s, so of course he's going to be um, excoriated for mm-hmm. this by by school administration. And of course the kids are going to... Uh, their, their minds are opened up to the world of poetry based on his teachings. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of... It, it's, it's something where people are growing up. Robin Williams plays the teacher you mentioned, yeah. Mr. Keating. 
and it, not only does he open their eyes to poetry, but he opens their eyes yeah. to the world. Right. The movie really, from the opening shot, kind of sets up the world that's existing before Mr. Keating comes. Yes. This, uh, you know, Ivy League prep school that's by the books, you know, tradition, honor, obedience. Right. And you slowly throughout the movie see, you know, Robin Williams perform this character that changes their minds about things mm -hmm. and uh, some for the better, some for the worse, you could say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. He's trying to get, uh, yeah, like he, he's he's opening them up to ideas that they didn't have before. And even if they, they were somewhat familiar with any kind of poetry or literature, he's wanting them to analyze it in a way that, that hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And there's the, the, the one scene early on in the film where they're going through their textbook and there's a uh, a very strange passage where uh, a an analyst is trying to get you to yeah. understand poetry mathematically, kind of. Understanding uh, poetry by J. Evans Pritchard. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He wants you to draw a graph, and yeah. and you know, using the y-axis, you know, put how your emotions here, and 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 there's a it's <laughs> it's almost ceremonial the way everybody starts ripping the page out of the ripping the whole passage, the introduction out of the textbook. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, yeah, Robin Williams tells them, like, he has Neil Perry, who's our, our main character in the film. Right. He reads out the how you judge poetry section, <laughs> understanding poetry. And then when he's finished reading it and Robin Williams has drawn this graph on the board, he turns around and says, excrement. Yes. You can't uh, uh, judge poetry. Right. Like, yeah. That, that, that's a great line. And it gets movie. everyone's attention because, like I said, they're already conditioned to be, you know, just buy the book. Yeah. You know, this is what we do. Right. And he turns around and says, this is shit. Don't <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> so they're like, what the hell is this teacher doing? <laughs> and he tells them to rip it out. And then they all eventually rip it out. Right. Once Charlie Dalton uh, rips the first page, actually. Oh, he, yeah, he's my yeah. favorite character in this movie. Yeah, I mean, Nuwanda? Nuwanda, excuse yeah, me. sure, right. It's Nuwanda, Neil. <laughs> um <laughs> Let's talk about the characters real quick. Okay. So that way, when we're going through the stuff, yeah. we're not jumping around and nobody's getting lost. So uh -huh. there's Neil Perry, who's the main character. Robert uh, Sean Leonard plays Robert him. Robert Sean Leonard plays him. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, um, you know, he, he's a good student, probably straight A's. Yeah. He does all the extracurricular activity. You know, the school expects big things from him. Uh, his dad's overbearing. Yes. Played by Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Uh, who's really good. Right. Clarence Boddicker himself. Yeah, dude, he's crazy. <laughs> and then there's uh, Charlie Dalton, who's kind of the the rebel kid. Yeah. You know, he's smoking and cussing. and <clears throat> He's there. He get, He's probably a, a C or D student, you know. Yeah, he's barely getting by. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. But uh, he's rich and gets to go to the school. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you got... Um, Todd. Todd. Todd Anderson, right. who is... Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And he's kind of timid. He's a, um, what is it called? Where your brother went to the school before? A legacy. I guess he's a legacy at yeah. this school. Yeah. So, and he's really afraid of uh, communicating with people. Yes. Yeah, so, almost everything in life he's afraid I of. I guess these are three of the main characters here. Right. And, and you got Knox Overstreet, who's kind of the hopeless romantic uh, of the film. Yeah. Josh Charles. Yeah. Josh Charles, everybody. The good wife's <laughs> not husband or some God, shit like I, that. I, I, uh, Dude, yeah. I looked that up today, and the guy who also plays like Pitts in this movie uh -huh. is on an episode of The Good Wife. He is. So I'm wondering if they like interacted, and it was like, oh, a big reunion. Oh, you know, I, I uh, <laughs> if it was Pitts, I'm sure he wanted it to be a reunion. Yeah, no you doubt. got Pitts and Meeks, who are like the nerd guys, kind of. Uh -huh. They're smart, uh, but they're all in the group. Yeah. And then there's Cameron, who's kind of the 
like tattletale kind of kid. Right. You know, like we shouldn't be doing this, guys. This is right. dangerous. Yeah. So those are your main kids, kind of. So now we can get into it, I guess. Okay. Dave, I love this movie, by the way. I All know right. it by heart. All right. I know it so well. Um, it looks like you don't really love this movie. Uh, no, I don't love this you movie. You don't love this movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's get this out of the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're not dealing with waiting here. Okay. You yeah, know? yeah. I figured um, it's not a waiting situation. No, no. There, there, There's a lot to like about a lot of things in this movie. Okay. Um, it's it's just that, uh, well, well, first off, I'll just tell you, I didn't realize how much I missed Robin Williams. Despite yeah. my beefs yeah. with this film, or even with his performance, mm-hmm. um, he's a definite presence in movies and in dramatic roles. He often just yeah. is nailing it every time. Yeah. Um, whether it's this one, Goodwill Hunting, my personal favorite, One Hour Photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were few actors in modern in in American film that are more talented than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. He he really yeah. he can do anything. And uh, like my, my my beefs with this movie is mainly that that I I don't really believe the story. I, I it, okay. it doesn't move me in the way that like it's supposed to. I guess. Okay. I I, I was a little bit put out by the privileged atmosphere of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, how how their eyes are being opened to poetry and literature when they have every advantage in the world. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care for I guess the the teaching I, I it wouldn't okay. have it, it didn't work on me at this point in my life I, I should say okay Is, was this your first time watching this film or? it's my third time third time it. okay um and yeah I I I saw it a long time ago when it came out and then I saw it again like maybe 10 years later and I hadn't seen it in a while so I I guess I just I wasn't as familiar with it as I thought I was and I was like oh wow maybe because I'm I'm seeing it now more critically uh-huh. I, I was able to pick things out that I didn't really care okay for. All right. Yeah. I think it's flawless. Okay. So, no. All right. That's fine. Maybe not flawless, but uh, yeah. yeah. I was going to argue a little, with you flawless. It's but... a little heavy-handed yeah, in yeah. its message, yeah. um, which I, I can see it, but I just eat it up. You know? <laughs> okay. Dude, so, of course. I saw it when I was in like sixth grade or something, yes. and it, it kind of opened my eyes to things a little too, so right. I think that's why... I've, I uh, kind of like it as much as I do. If I feel like shaping you, yes. I feel like it shaped me. Yeah. So, um, kind of like how it shaped the kids. I guess I was relating to it exactly like the kids in the story were. So right. It hit me how it wanted to. That's, so that's good. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of surprised that you hate it so much. I'm not gonna say you hate it, Dave. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, I, I, there, there, there are things in it that I dislike. I, I, I thought that that the um, the message about like the the whole thing with poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, with Walt Whitman and and uh, Robert Frost and all that stuff, I I don't think that it dug deep enough. I think that it was kind of um, full of I, I don't I don't know, maybe maybe I think it was a little bit cliched. Um, yeah, and and they 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 really didn't analyze things the way they should have. I know you can't do a poetry analysis in a major feature <laughs> film. It just can't be done. That right. wouldn't be a movie. Draw the chart on the board. <laughs> I don't. You can't do Pritchard's, you know, like graphic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't believe the whole thing of it's what we live for. And I, I found the carpe diem stuff a little bit lacking. And I didn't believe that these guys would get down into a, a cave and, and <laughs> just talk poetry. I, 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 I didn't really buy that. Okay. Yeah, that's all. All right. Do you like some things about the movie? Like, we'll, oh, yeah, of we'll course. go ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, uh, let's see. What, what, what do I like about this? Uh, geez. No, there's lots of stuff. Robert Sean Leonard and Ethan Hawke were the right choices to play the male leads. Like I the, agree. The main, the two main guys. 
they stand out from the rest of these young actors as, you know, the best ones. Definitely, yeah. So Peter Weir and the pe- people who made the casting decisions really had a good eye for who the talent was. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Ethan Hawke, of course. I mean, he he plays that waifish kid mm-hmm. uh, in in just the best way, and 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 a lot of young actors would not want to take that role and look come off looking a little bit, you know, right, like a little weak. Yeah, like a lot of people want to be the cool kid, of course. You know, so this was this his first movie? It's one of his first movies. It's, it's right? got to be one of his first because he he's he's really I I I hadn't remembered him being ever this young. Yeah, and, you know he looks like a child. It's like what is what's that Disney movie he was in though? Like Space Mountain or something? He was in uh, he oh. was in some Disney movie in like the eighty like eighty five. He was like a kid. Oh, it was like a kid movie. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, okay. I I think that might have been his first movie, and then. I um, used to get him confused with Steven Dorff way back in the oh, day. Oh, okay. Uh, but but I don't anymore. But but like like they they were very you know the, yeah, their careers had a little the same, different. Yeah. Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when they were younger, they looked a lot alike. But I agree, he's the right choice for it. Yeah. And um, Sean Robert Lent. I Robert don't know. Sean I don't know how to say it. He was in House as well. Oh God. Yeah. Any this this whole cast went on to do TV, yeah, of I course. guess. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. And um. Neil's character, played by Robert Sean Leonard, uh-huh. is um, he's perfect because yeah. he he hits everything he needs to hit with his character. Like when his father is oppressing him, yes, you just see his face is terrified of his father, oh, and yeah. he wants to speak up, but he's afraid to. Mm-hmm. And then when he's with the kids, you know, playing around or going to school, he's he's doing his job or he's being. Uh, little troublesome he, he's perfect for all the situations here right and he's believable i think he is the best uh robin williams is the best actor in the movie yes and ethan hawk's great too but i think he, he gives the best performance besides robin williams uh, that's fair i mean yeah. and and he's he's doing the most work i mean he, he's he's definitely um he's in almost every scene of the film yeah and it's his story we're following and i agree with you about his interactions especially with kurtwood smith mm-hmm. um him he he wants to speak up but him playing that 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 son who's being oppressed by a father who in that time would have been behaving that way yeah uh and kurtwood smith actually you know is very effective in that role too i mean uh i think maybe he has some of the best written dialogue um in the movie yeah like he his his character is kind of one note but you believe him in every situation right he's the you know He's working hard to put his son to school. Yes. And that kid's going to do what he says until he's, I think he says, until you're out of medical school, you do what I say. <laughs> yeah. So for, for the yeah. first 26 years of your life, boy, yeah. you toe the line. Yeah. Good God. That's that's a lot. I know. It's a lot to ask of anybody. And then he always kind of turns it on him, like manipulates it kind of. He's like, you know what this means to your mother, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, she cares, but you're a dick. Yeah, of course. It's you, man. Right. You mean that woman over in the corner who's not allowed to speak? Right. I think she has one sentence at the end of the movie. She just comforts Robert Sean Lennon. I think she just says, get some sleep. Yes. Because that's what she's going to do. Yes, of course. (laughs) She's not going to say a word. Kurtwood Smith is great in this film. He's awesome. Um, it's pre-read, man, yeah, from that 70s that's right. show. Post-Robocop, but pre-read. Yeah, post... I'd rather have this one. Okay. Or Red, I guess, is better. <laughs> red is better. Yeah. Not the Robocop guy. No, no. Probably, that's pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and he even has a line where... Or Neil gets a part in a play uh-huh. because, you know, Robin Williams has opened his eyes. Yes. And he has to get a permission letter from his father... 
and he starts typing it up and Ethan Hawke's like, well, what are you, what are you doing? You can't do that. You know? Mm -hmm. And Sean Leonard, Robert Sean Leonard, (laughs) Neil, I'm just going to call him. Let's call him Neil. Says, can't I just feel happy for a moment without you telling me that my dad's going to be mad at me? Right. And, and you know, if I, at least if I don't tell him, I won't be disobeying him. Mm. Um, He's so afraid of his dad. Um, and but he's so. not afraid to go behind his back, actually. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, to deceive him. And I think that's all because of uh, Robin Williams' character. Right. Which, sadly, he gets blamed for all this stuff at the end of the film. He does. Um, but, yeah, he does have this influence on these kids. They wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him. So, right. As far as, I guess we'll spoil the ending if you haven't seen this, but Neil ends up killing himself because of his overbearing father. Mm-hmm. But the school turns around and blames it on Robin Williams. Not not because his dad was you know emotionally abusive to him. Oh yeah, it's because this not. teacher came in and disrupted disrupted the status quo. <laughs> the, this 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 gross liberal came. Yeah, in and got, right. Um, there was a genie in a magic lamp that came out <laughs> and started teaching these kids how to think for themselves. <laughs> which actually brings me to a couple more beefs. If yeah, you'll permit I, me. I, yeah, which when, you, you you already know when what I I'm knew, gonna say. When I knew we did a movie with Robin Williams, yeah. these were gonna come up. Of course. Uh huh. Um, one is his fault. One is not his fault. Okay. Um, the one that is, of course, is that, which was clearly just Robin Williams being Robin Williams, that he had to do a Marlon Brando and a John Wayne impersonation. Yeah. Which didn't, uh, total, didn't fit at all. You got to make Shakespeare uh, you know? interesting, Dave. Shakespeare already is interesting. <laughs> and and that, that's what I, that's what this movie doesn't really know about. Um, and, <laughs> you know... And, and it wouldn't have made sense for him to do a Vito Corleone act, uh, impression in 1959. I mean, Holy shit. I mean, good Lord. You're right. Yeah. What the hell was that? Yeah. I mean. He should have done Stella. He, If he had done Stanley Kowalski, that yeah. would have made more sense. Yeah. You know, but instead he's like, he's got cotton in his cheeks and is okay. Wow. Yeah. I could have been a contender. He could have said that. He could have done On the Waterfront too. He could, yeah. There was a million things he could, he could have done The Wild One. He could have well, done Well, didn't anything. he, qu- he was quoting Shakespeare though, right? He was but quoting he was Shakespeare, doing the but he was Brando, doing the Brando, the, the Brando impersonation that we all know so doing, to be the Brando impersonation. Yeah, he's doing the Godfather Brando. Yes, like, all right. yes. He wasn't definitely wasn't Still, doing 1951 Marlon Brando. I'm trying to give him some credit, but you're totally right. It's a good he's impression, do- but yeah. Yeah, he's doing Vito. He is. He <laughs> is. Uh, and, well, you brought up the suicide. Uh-huh. <sighs> I, I, I don't, if we use the word unearned quite a bit on this show and, uh-huh. and I, I just didn't think that the stakes were high enough for him to commit suicide over this. Oh, really? I mean, I know his father was abusive. Like mm-hmm. his father was ver- like verbally abusive to him. And, and we don't know if it, if it ever got physical. I, I don't know. You know, we're not really shown that. Right. Um, he had been good in the play. Um, yeah. and I, I know that there will be other opportunities in life to be in another play. Mm-hmm. Um, people have left domineering parents before and made their own way. And it just, I, I don't know, like for, for me, the, the, the suicide just, just did not have any place in this story. I think that's too far. Wow. And yeah, that, that's how I, I feel. I disagree. Okay. I thought it was earned. Okay. I could see on Robert Sean Leonard's face that, mm. Or whatever his name is. You got it. That, That's yes. the one you got it, right? <laughs> that he has been dealing with this his whole entire life. Okay. I can just see it. And mm. 
whenever he has something happy or good happening to him, yes, if his father isn't 100% on board with it, he takes it away from him. Right. He's been dealing with this for 18 years. Okay. So I can see this happening. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he was great at the play. Yeah. And he was good, like in the play. Yeah, even, he, yeah the play within the film. The play he's within good. the film. He's yeah, good. So, I know. Um, and Robin Williams even says, "You even like blew me away. Right? Like you were that good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we know he's good. All right. So, uh, Kurtwood Smith takes him from the play. He comes and sees him performing. And I liked in the movie that Neil didn't falter in his performance once he saw uh-huh. his father. He yes. still went out there and blew it out of the goddamn water. Of course, right? Which is great. And he could have used that as ammunition against his father, saying, you know, instead of curling up and dying in his fa- at his father's feet, he yes. could have said, this is what I want, but he chickens out because he's too afraid. Right. I was good. Did you not see that? Everyone else thinks I'm great at this. Mm-hmm. Can't you support me? Right. Um, and he's so afraid to even say that to his father after, you know, the last five minutes before that, they're talking about confronting his father. Uh-huh. He doesn't do it. He chickens out. And decides to kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Neil. But no, dude, like, I totally see it. I totally see it. I... I, I don't I don't know why. It it, it just... For for, for me, I... I I wanted something, like... I I saw a different fate for that character. Okay. Um, that, that, That there were other avenues for him, other options in life, especially as a... He mentions at one point that his dad is, like, using every penny they've got to send him to this school. I mean, he's the working class for the most part, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that doesn't mean he isn't privileged in many ways. So would you have wanted him to <clears throat> confront his dad and yes. explain how he feels? Yes. Okay. And and if that didn't work and his dad was, was completely stone about it, then you are a white male in 1959, um, a good looking white male. You, you have, yeah. the, the, there are, there are other things uh, that you can do. <laughs> To, to, to get ahead in the world. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I didn't think it was cheap. I, I just thought it was, they needed to raise the stakes a little more if I'm going to buy okay. someone committing suicide over this. Yeah. You know. I mean, I can see your point. Yeah. But I, I didn't feel like it was unearned okay. at all. And I, I liked that ending instead of, you know, the feel good, mm. stand up for yourself moment. Because right. that's in everything. I know. So I, I did like this darker approach. I mean, it's a Charbonneau ending, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's certainly this might be the most Charbonneau of endings. You know? It must be because I love this movie, dude. It's one of my favorite movies. Right. I know. I know. Um, Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was appropriate. Okay. I've seen an interview that Kurtwood Smith has given about this performance and stuff. He uh-huh. said that he's had people come up to him and say, you know, because of this movie, I've realized, you know, how I'm treating my kids. Oh, wow. And have, okay. like, now corrected that and have a good relationship with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool that because this ending happened, people have been affected this way. So, I don't know. I love the ending. Mm-hmm. Or I guess that's not the ending ending. Right. But that's the <laughs> that's the end of Neil. Yes. That's <laughs> Poor Neil. God. All right. Neil, yeah. exit stage left. <laughs> and one thing about it I liked is when he, he shoots himself in the head with his father's gun. Yeah. Um, that's not what I liked. but um, <laughs> That was awesome. When Yeah. When Kurtwood Smith wakes up, no one else hears it. Yeah. And you don't hear a gunshot in like the sound work of the movie. Mm-hmm. You just see Kurtwood Smith wake up all of a sudden saying, what was that sound? Right. I didn't catch this ever until this viewing. And I could just be making it up in my head, but 
because he's like responsible for this death. He's the one who heard it. Uh, okay. The mom didn't hear it. No one neighbors heard it or anything. Since he drove him to go to that point, he's the one who was awakened by it. Okay. So, uh, I could be making that up, people, but whatever. It's a fair interpretation yeah. to me. And yep. it actually, like, what what leads up to the suicide is, uh, w- this movie has has a few really excellent shots in it. Oh, yeah. And the one that comes to mind is when Neil is coming downstairs, and there's kind of a silhouette of him, just like a, a thin person against yeah. you know, against the wall yeah. where he's coming down the staircase and like it's just lit so so that you see him in in only shadow. Yeah. And uh he's he's moving very 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 strangely down the stairs, you know, very like, slowly, very almost slowly. floating yes. in a way. Yes. And you can tell that he's going to that like like something in his life is about to change. It's very effective build up. Mm-hmm. But when he takes it to this extreme, I I and as good as that shot is and that sequence is, like, I, I just feel like you can't have that kind of a tonal shift in a film that, that up to this point has not had that kind of gravity. Um, okay. e- even when um, Nawanda is getting, you know, <laughs> like, hided by the, by, the, uh, right, yeah. by the headmaster, like, even that is somewhat uh, not cheerful, but, but you, you, don't, you don't feel like everything is, is totally coming apart in that moment. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like it's fine because okay. you don't expect stuff like this to happen. I know. So that's the way it happens. And and it, and it was it was certainly I don't want to say it's better, but but it, it's it was less expected than to have Kurtwood Smith show up at the performance mm-hmm. and then like lead a standing ovation for his son. Right. Um, that would have been completely, you know, out of character and it wouldn't have been believable either. Right. Um, and there's a lot of other good shots and stuff in the oh, movie yeah, like yeah, the yeah. cinematography is gorgeous it is. and um there, there's a really wonderfully shot sequence that i that i i i'll say i truly love which it. one is it it's where um it's when todd is um i guess like 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 robin williams is, is trying to get todd to do this assignment yeah where you have to come mm-hmm. up and read an original piece that you've written a, a piece of poetry right a poem a piece of poetry a piece of poetry right <laughs> you're supposed on, to read on a parchment <laughs> That's right. a poem right there. Exactly. <laughs> and uh it's it's the only time I, I feel like they 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 really are understanding literature is in this scene when the camera is sort of spinning around Robin Williams and Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get Ethan Hawke to like start I guess almost doing like slam poetry. Yeah. He's putting his 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 mouth his his hand over his mouth and he's covering his eyes and he's just saying now say it say, say some stuff say what you're thinking say all mm-hmm. this stuff yeah and what's coming out of Ethan Hawke's mouth sounds like it's it's in almost like a verse form yeah and it's a poem mm-hmm. you know and and I, I was I was really like I had forgotten that this even exists and I was like oh wow that was great this is the one part of the movie I don't like oh shit. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I enjoy it, but it's the okay. one thing in the movie where I say, would that kid really think something up like that? That sounds like <laughs> someone just wrote that, man. Like, maybe because he, he was writing poems before and he yeah. thought none of them were any good because he has no self-worth. Uh-huh. So maybe he wrote this stuff down and had it in his head already. But, okay, man, uh, yeah. when he spouts it out, I'm like, you just did that? Really? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't. I don't buy it. All right, that's, that's, <laughs> this that's, is a weird episode. I know again. it what, is. Why? What's with the the boys' school movies that I we don't, don't get? Like, I, like, what would we have? 
God, yeah. Would we have been leading rival gangs in these schools? I I guess. Mean, is is that be, what would have happened? Yeah. Holy shit. Be like the Warriors. <laughs> And, you oh, know, man. and every every it seems like everything about these boys schools whether it's a boarding school or just a regular school uh-huh. it's always about the boys lives changing in some way okay you know like yeah. like like so overcoming i guess this system and and you know i i, I guess that's no accident of course if, right if you're in that kind of uh, of arena you're, you're you're going to feel like you're being um somehow told not to do what you want right. to do yeah what better environment is there to uh, rebel yeah. against? You sure, know, make right. make a setting for a film. Yes, so, um, yeah. Maybe we should stay away from these boys' schools <laughs> movies, dude, because we cannot agree on these. I, I I think I've got one that we could do that we would agree on. I I'm almost positive we'd agree. All on. right. Well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. <clears throat> and one shot I really like is um when they're going to that cave, mm-hmm. like uh they're they got these hooded robes on. Yeah. And. <laughs> flashlights and it's just this really like ominous foreboding music and yeah there's like fog over the hills and the woods and stuff it's it's kind of scary almost and i think it's supposed to be that way because they are doing something they could get in huge trouble for they could all be so they they want you it wants you to feel that way Mm -hmm. so but it's also kind of like mystical like like they are finally maybe taking a step outside of this robotic system they've been a part of where yeah. it's wondrous, you know, oh, like yeah. wow, look at this new world. It's fantastical to them. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it. It's beautiful and it, it's gorgeous. And and I um as far as being as far as being scary, they are dressed like druids for some reason. Yeah, and yeah. It, like those hoods on the, on those cloaks, it, it looks it looks like they're doing some kind of ceremony. Were you expecting some kind of sacrifice at I that was. cave? Yeah, like, like those like two some... chicks. Charlie Dalton brings those two chicks and Nawanda <laughs> exactly. sacrifices them. Yes. <laughs> to Walt Whitman. <laughs> And one of those girls is Melora Walters. They start sucking uh, out like, the marrow from their bones. I, uh, you know what? Yep. I can, I can do without that too. I'm sorry. That, that's the one thing. Sucking will, the marrow out of life. I, uh, the one thing I will totally have my waiting moment is that, like, just <laughs> that. That's their incantation to start the proceedings. I, I didn't, I didn't care for that. Okay. I, I, not, not the poem itself, but, but just, I guess their reading of it, their understanding of it. I, okay. I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know, I think, like, Laura Flynn Boyle was supposed to be in this movie, too, or something like that. She and had a deleted scene. She's in the credits, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she played uh, Chet's sister, Oh, or whatever, the, the football jock guy. Yeah, yeah. I think she was his sister, and they got cut. Okay. <clears throat> That's a shame. Yeah. Um, um, let's talk about Knox Overstreet, the child molester, or whatever. <laughs> the child molester. Well, he kisses her. She's like a child still, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're both but, under but eighteen. He, he is also a child. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he's he's just a he's just a, a guy who is doing something problematic. Of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked him when I was younger. Uh-huh. I thought he was awesome. Okay. Because he's trying to get the girl. I was like that. I was like, I never get the girls. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I was hopeless romantic, like Charles. Yeah. Um, Josh Charles. <laughs> I know, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Knox Overstreet. What? Yeah, Knox. So, yeah, he, like, uh, has an obsession with this, Chris. this girl. Chris Noel. Yeah, and uh, she's dating the cool jock, and he goes to the party and kisses her on the forehead while she's passed out, and, you know, the boyfriend, everyone sees him and beat him up. Yeah. Uh, then she falls for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make any so, Doesn't make a lick of sense. I, I might no. buy this one with you, Dave. All so, right. Um, well, good. 
But I do enjoy the scene when she comes to his school to tell him, you know, he, you're going to get killed because of this. Uh-huh. And she falls for him, actually, for his charm. I like it. It's definitely stupid now that I think about it, but I like it. I don't like him very much. Okay, is is my issue. Okay, um, I don't like his face. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like like his simpering way. And um, what would have been a, a, a better, I guess, ending to his story, if it even needed to be there in the first place, mm-hmm. would have been that uh, when he goes to her school and like kind of makes a fool out of himself with you know reading that poem that he wrote for her. Uh huh. And she looks embarrassed, and then they just cut. And he comes back to the school and tells all the other boys, "I did it. Uh-huh. I went over there, and I, I." And they were like, "So what happened? What happened?" Right. If the if the the sort of climax is, I read her this poem. If that was the climax, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, I did it. But I did it. Carpe diem. Yes. Yeah. If 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 you really want to like talk about seizing the day, okay. We don't know what happens, and he doesn't just unfairly end up with this with this woman. Who he he doesn't quite molest. But, but, <laughs> I know I take but, it back. But he but he certainly you know had no business touching her while she was asleep. Yeah. Um. And again, I keep saying didn't buy it. Just the the idea of like her coming back to the school and like falling for this guy. I know he's better than Chet, but still, it's Josh Charles and it knocks over street. <laughs> I, I I I like his character didn't need to have like its own uh, offshoot. Story. Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah. know why it's there. Maybe to show. The love side of poetry. Mm-hmm. Who knows? For me, the love side of poetry already existed between Neil and Todd. Okay. Um, yeah. There are moments that are unmistakable to me where, especially after Todd's scene, the one that we differ on where he like, you know, spouts that. Poetry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They put the camera on Robert Sean Leonard and uh-huh. I've, I've never seen a more unmistakable look in someone's eye of, <laughs> of just like overwhelming desire and like. Oh, really? And, and I, I don't know if that was in the script. I don't know if it was maybe just ad libbed or, or whatever. Uh-huh. But I mean, yeah, he he's all about Todd in that scene. Yeah, I know because they're roommates. Yeah, it's Todd's first year mm-hmm. and Neil's kind of taking him under his wing, yeah. you know, uh, trying to get him included with all the guys and yeah. stuff. And Todd's hesitant and doesn't really want to be a part of things because he's not sure of himself. So, right. Yeah, I can see this, you know, undertone here. Yeah. So, yeah. And the only person he like is is kind of open with is Neil. Yeah. And yeah, I I, I think it's just there. And and maybe maybe if if the movie was made, uh, you know, like years later, they would have like maybe pursued that. Maybe. And it could have been more interesting. Yeah. And I I do enjoy the scene with the spinning camera around okay, Todd yeah, and around. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a cool shot. It is. But the, the, what he says is what gets me. I'm the like, content oh, the doesn't con- grab. Yeah, you. I don't know. Okay. But um, yeah. And the scene when Neil finds Todd kind of you know crying in the corner with his birthday present. Oh yeah. I really love this scene between That's these good. two characters. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, they got you this desk set, and it's pretty nice. And he's like, well, they got me the same thing last year, <laughs> the exact same desk. He go, or he says like. This is the same one that you have already. And he's like, yeah, they got it for me last year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, his parents aren't paying a shit of attention to him, man. Just ignoring him, yeah. Yeah, and so you see why this kid feels this way, and he right. doesn't want to go out and talk to people or anything. His parents don't even pay attention to him. He's a ghost, man. Mm-hmm. So he wants to stay a ghost. Yeah. But Neil turns it around, and he's like, you know, this desk set, if I was going to get a desk set twice, I'd pick this one, you know? And Mick turns it, into, <laughs> turns it around and cheers him up. Uh-huh. And then tells him to throw it off the roof, and he chucks it, you know? He's free now of his parents. It's it's another really <laughs> yeah. well-written scene. Uh-huh. I mean, because, like, the, when he, this this desk set looks very aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like, the, the, the stuff they're saying, and, like, like you see Todd kind of, like, understanding what, what Neil right. is doing, and yeah. he's kind of, like like 
this had right. never occurred to him. I'm, I could just destroy this in a, in a fit of like rebellion against my parents. Mm-hmm. And then he does it and it's very triumphant. And then I think they cap it off with something like, well, uh, nope. yeah. <laughs> next year when you get another desk set, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have the standing appointment. I mean, yeah, I think he says, <laughs> uh, try not to worry about it. You'll get another one next <laughs> yeah, year. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a cool it's scene. It's really good. Yeah. And that, that scene, that is who these guys are with each other. You right. Know? They are, they can confide in each other. Yeah. Um, Neil has that with other characters, you know, like I think he's more outgoing. Charlie yeah. Dalton, Nuwanda, like I feel like they are like best buds, basically. Yeah, for the most part. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but then he's got Todd here who he can trust, I guess. Yeah. And Todd has no one except Neil. Right. Which at the end, when Todd hears the news and he has that breakdown, mm-hmm. I love this scene too. He just breaks down crying out in the snow yeah, and he starts vomiting, basically. Oh, I know. Yeah. Retching. Yeah. And um, he's yelling, no, it was his dad killed him. Neil wouldn't do that his dad killed him mm-hmm. and then he runs off yeah. towards the towards the lake and it's this really pulled back like wide shot of the lake and the mountains and stuff mm-hmm. um with todd just you know this minuscule todd running down to the lake and right. just having a breakdown it's really cool the the shot of ethan hawk just running out into that like just big expanse of snow um mm-hmm. yeah that, that is a, another really excellent shot and to, to be able to uh, capture that like winter in New England, I mean mm-hmm. that that's pretty damn cool, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's very effective. And I like I like Ethan Hawke's reaction to this, um, like t- to have that be the the follow up to when he actually got the news. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't just like he doesn't just cry in his bed. He goes outside to do this. It's pretty awesome, right? And um, Charlie Dalton, I want to talk about Charlie Dalton here. All right, sure. Nawanda, yeah. I feel like out of any of the students, he was impacted the most. By Mr. Keating's lessons, okay, um, because he's acting on them. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe he's stupid, like Mr. Keating says. You know, right. sucking the marrow doesn't mean choking on the bone. You know, that's a good. That's yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, like he he's out in the cave and he's like, well, what are we doing out here? Are we just playing around, or do we mean what we say? Yes. You know, because he publishes a letter in the school paper saying that the the school should allow girls. From the Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Signed the Dead Poets Society. And they all get in a fight about it. And he says this, you know, well, what are we doing? Um, And I'll just, I'll just lie. I just say I made it up if I get caught. And then the next scene, you know, the administration throwing a fit about it. Right. And everyone's, you know, in their pews just waiting to be scolded. (laughs) And the phone rings and Charlie Dalton stands up with a phone and (laughs) answers it. And he says, oh, Mr. Nolan, it's for you. It's God. He says they should allow girls at Welton. <laughs> he would never have done this no. in a million years without Robin Williams telling him to seize the day. That's true. Um, even yeah. though it's very extreme, no one else in the school would have done that. His life is changed forever now. He's now questioning everything, even though he's already a rebellious kid, yeah. you know, but he is he's not taken anymore. Publicly humiliating the whole brass of the school is crossing the Rubicon. Yeah. You know, like, like th- that, that's an act of defiance that is <laughs> um, tough to come back from. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, um, mm-hmm. and to do it at that, at such a young, at such a tender age. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what's he capable of 20 years from now? I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Um, even being hit with a paddle 15 times, uh, probably on his bare ass, uh, doesn't stop him from even like, you know, continuing his rebellion. Yeah. After um, the paddling, they ask him what he said, and Neil says, Charlie, what'd you say? 
and he goes, damn it, Neil, the name is Nuwanda. Yeah. Because he has established himself as Nuwanda now. Right. Because of the poetry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we just kind of skipped over that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Most people who are hearing these episodes have probably, I would hope that they've seen these movies. I think this movie was requested a long time ago by a listener. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I do remember seeing it. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. It took a while. I know. God. <laughs> But then even at the prayer service for Neil, like Charlie seems to be the most affected by it. Maybe because they are best friends, but yeah. um, everyone's singing their prayers and stuff. And it, it's just showing a line of the five kids or mm -hmm. whatever. And Charlie's just not singing it. He's just staring off into space. Yeah. Eyes are teared up and he looks mad. Right. Like he's sad, but he looks pissed. Right. Like... Um, the school did this to him. Yeah. His dad did this. The system did this to him. Right. And I don't know if he would have thought that way without Mr. Keating teaching him this stuff. He probably would have been upset, but I don't know if he would be so angry about it. Yeah. I mean, like Mr. Keating's influence just, just kind of ratcheted up whatever was already in him to begin with, I think. Yeah. Um, he, he might not have done the things he did in this film, uh, like, but he, he already was, was kind of a scamp to begin with yeah. before he met Mr. Keating. Right. Um, but his yeah. family is rich. Yeah, he, he's dicking around. He sure. doesn't care. Right. He's he's not going to be like uh you know Patrick Bateman you know or whatever. But he's he's probably going to like you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, but he's he'll he's, have a business card though. <laughs> that's for sure. That's exactly, and it'll be really tasteful. really nice one. <laughs> <laughs> but but he he is of uh, like people who are rebellious are rebellious regardless of their circumstances. They're just kind of like that's who they are. Right. I guess um, it was some fuel to the fire. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. When I see he's been the most affected by it, uh -huh. maybe. Maybe he's halfway there already. So okay. you just see him reach his full potential of being an ass. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, I love Charlie Dalton, Nawanda. He's one of my favorite characters. He's a good character. He's actually not really in a lot of movies. I looked him up. Yeah. Uh, Gail Hansen is the actor. I know he did a movie with Rob Lowe and one with Courtney Cox. In, like, the early 90s. Oh. But that's about it. Now he's, like, a, a, a finance person in the industry or something huh, like that. Well, that's... Okay. Yeah. So he's still in the film industry, just on the, like, uh, yeah, the finance Yeah, I really sector. like him in this movie. I okay. thought he was great. I, th I so, think he does a good job, too. So I might check out those other movies. Why not? Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Well... Anything um, else? I, I, I don't want to, like... I, I, I know that this movie is beloved... Um, uh -huh. and, and I, and I, I, like I said, there's a lot of good things in it. It's just that, um, like overall, I, 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 I just wasn't as moved by it as I, as, as it was designed to do. Right. To do. Yeah. It doesn't, and, that doesn't happen to everybody no, with every movie. Exactly. You know? It just doesn't, it doesn't take all the time, but, but I, I'm willing to, to like acknowledge it's, it's good things. I, I just think that it's also got some stuff in it that's a little bit cliched and, yeah, um, and, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with with any of it. This this is a quality film. It just wasn't really for me. Yeah, now. right. That's all. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, it was nominated for four Oscars. Yeah, Robin Williams, most notably, I guess, but he lost to Daniel Day Lewis for My Left Foot, uh -huh. which uh probably should have. Yeah, that that <laughs> was probably that deserved. performance was insane. <laughs> it, when I looked last night, and saw who he lost to. I was like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, directing lost Oliver Stone. Uh huh. Uh, best picture lost to Driving Miss Daisy, which is a huge um, Oscar history. Um, everyone knows that this is the worst best picture <laughs> ever movie, chosen. So. That movie is a hateful. I've never piece seen it, and crap. I don't want to. It, it, dude, you're not. Uh, oh my god. Uh, like, like, th there's just nothing about like 
everything I've talked about, like with with phoniness in prestige movies, like that's yeah. driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, you know everything Definitely. about it, just nothing. It did win for best writing, though. Yeah, best screenplay. But also, man, do the right thing was that year. Yeah, and sexualizing videotape was that year. Yeah, even crimes and misdemeanors was that year. Uh huh. Um, a lot of. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> so. And uh, you know my position on this. Of yeah. course, I would rate all of those films above Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know. All right, Dave. So would you recommend this movie? Um, as far as my recommendation, I, I can't recommend it. Okay. Um, just because, like, there there, there were things in it that, that I just didn't care for. And um, I, I uh, yeah, that that's all. I That's, that's a non-recommend <laughs> for me. I'm sorry, dude. Should they, should they watch this or Driving Miss Daisy? This. Okay, all yeah, right. Dead Poet Society <laughs> is far superior to Driving Miss Daisy, no doubt. All right, you know I'm going to recommend it. <laughs> yeah, so of course. I love this movie, yeah. always have. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to kill myself, but, you know. <laughs> It was such a good movie. (laughs) So, yeah, that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. We want all the dudes listening to the dudes. Or if you don't (laughs) use iTunes, like I don't, you can find us anywhere else you find a podcast or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we are on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Dudes on Movies, and Mm -hmm. we have an email address at dudesonmovies at gmail.com. And we have a question of the week for the listeners. Mm -hmm. We want to know what your favorite Robin Williams performances are. Mm -hmm. You have a whole filmography and, you know, rest in peace, of course. Uh, Just tell us what what movies you loved with Robin Williams. Yeah, definitely. Lots of good stuff to choose from. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned next week when we do 1992's Malcolm X. It's a Spike Lee joint, Dave. Yeah. Starring Denzel Washington. Sweet. Speaking of do the right thing. Uh Uh-huh. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. 